Hey, it's Andrew here, and this week we hear from Savas Sortikis, the CEO and founder of Viral Loops, a viral and referral marketing platform to launch ranking competitions, sweepstakes, pre-launch, and referral programs. Savas walks us through some of the early mistakes made and big wins they had, the importance of customer success at the very early stage, and how they go about tackling churn and retention as a team. Today's episode is sponsored by Avrio, a collaborative insights platform built directly into your workflow. With a browser extension and web app, Avrio provides a new way to capture and share data analysis, user research, and learnings directly in context with your team. From data dashboards, Google Slides, and Slack threads, to inside of apps and team members' heads, Avrio captures all of your insights and creates a single source of truth. Visit avrio.com to learn how you can maximize your team's collective knowledge with Avrio. This is Churn.fm, the podcast for subscription economy pros. Each week, we hear how the world's fastest growing companies are tackling churn and using retention to fuel their growth. How do you build a habit-forming product? We crossed over that magic threshold to negative churn. You need to invest in customer success. It always comes down to, to retention and engagement. Completely bootstrap, profitable, and growing. Strategies, tactics, and ideas brought together to help your business thrive in the subscription economy. I'm your host, Andrew Michael, and here's today's episode. Savas, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Andrew. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to have you. I've, I think we've been chatting for quite a while now, uh, and uh, your company, Viral Loops, has really got uh, some interesting use cases and stories to share with our audience. So, um, as you know, this uh, the podcast now is really just trying to dig in and dive into different strategies taken by companies of all sizes uh, and individuals from uh, all of these companies in different roles of what they've really tried and tested when it comes to tackling churn and retention. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to you, Savas, and ask, I mean, do you have any good, interesting stories that you think our listeners would be interested in things you've tried uh, to tackle churn? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think um, when we when we got started, I mean, an interesting story is that we're a bit late uh, on uh, getting into customer success. And I think uh, the actionable takeaway here that I want to share with you is that you need to invest uh, in customer success early on. So maybe it's different for uh, other industries, but for Viraloops, which is uh, in the software as a service business, uh, we're a self-service product, meaning that we are really low touch uh, on onboarding. So we don't have uh, a heavy, a sales heavy uh, model. Um, in the beginning, we thought that, okay, we're going to be, uh, let's say, the next mega chain uh, for referral marketing. And we, we thought that if, if you're a self-service product, you don't need uh, a lot of things on the onboarding side uh, and on um, you know, taking uh, care of uh, your best customers, uh, maybe with uh, some hands-on work. Uh, so in the beginning, we, we were doing the support, all of the team, when we were five or six people. Um, but, and we were focusing on, uh, top of, of the final growth, uh, because we believe that we couldn't measure, uh, basically retention and churn, uh, if we have a very low volume, um, of, uh, lo- low volume of customers and, uh, actual users, uh, because also I think it's important to note here that we're not a freemium, uh, product. So everybody needs to start, uh, paying us. 
Uh, that, and that means that uh, we have lower volumes on freemium products to, to measure retention, engagement, and similar um, uh, metrics. So for us, uh, it was you know game changing when we hired the first customer success person. Um, and um, what it, what we did uh, in practice is that we didn't do any sophisticated customer success uh, stuff uh, because back then we didn't know uh, anything about it. Uh, so we decided to just uh, email uh, our customers um, and tell them that, okay, if they need something, uh, we can uh, hop on a call with them. And for me, that was a huge mistake that we did in, in the beginning because we didn't do that early on. So that's the first uh, takeaway from that story. Now, an interesting learning here is that only a few people um, were responding to us. And we thought in the beginning that, um, you know, this is not this is not working, but then uh, after uh, getting a lot of feedback uh, from our users from some uh, dynamic surveys that we run uh, and some calls that we managed actually to to book with them, is that they told us, you know, um, I have seen. They told us that okay, Savas, um, I have seen that uh, I can hop on a call with you, uh, and for me, it's important that you care about us. So. Uh, even when people um, didn't uh, take the option uh, to jump on a call with us or ask for help or for some consulting from us, um, they liked the idea. And this is something that uh, impacted uh, churn uh, in a very good way. So that's that was so very good for us. Just the fact of showing that you're around and that you care, uh, you saw an increase there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, what we, what we tried to do, um, a few months later is that because in the beginning we, we did that only for, uh, for customers that were from a specific plan, uh, and above, uh, let's say the higher value customers. Um, but in our company, uh, we have higher churn, uh, in the lower plans. So our pricing starts from $49 per month. Uh, which is basically with uh, less features and for uh, smaller companies. Uh, and our churn there is, is much higher. Uh, so we thought in the beginning, okay, uh, why don't we uh, charge uh, for, a, for a customer success call? So if you want, for example, uh, some, uh, some help or some, not support, I mean, uh, how you can uh, leverage the tool better and you want, uh, let's say, a session and one-on-one -on -one session, you have to pay for it. So we run an experiment asking people to pay uh, $49 on top of their subscription uh, once off uh, to hop on a one-on-one -on -one, uh, call. Uh, and we did that through Calendly. So it was really easy and really fast to to run this experiment. Uh, but then we noticed that nobody uh, wanted uh, to do that. Uh, and that was uh, something that didn't work. So and you know, the, after talking with customers, they told us, "Okay, I don't, I don't care to pay for that. I think that you need to help me, uh, either way." Uh, and that was interesting, right? Because we we are a software company. Uh, they have in their mind that we're a software company for small to medium businesses, so they don't need to pay, let's say, something more for consulting or for some coaching. Um, was your 49 segmented? Was it for your lower traffic? I mean, your lower uh, plan sites or was it the same for everyone? The 49 consulting. Team? So it was, 
So it's, uh, we targeted only the the first plan that we have. So the people that are on the first plan, starting from forty nine dollars, uh, so that the, we have a lot of customers on that segment, uh, yeah. but uh, we have the highest churn there. Um, and the consulting fee was just one show for these customers only. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder if you actually take a step back to the very beginning. So you mentioned, okay, you realized at some point that you needed uh, customer success. I mean, I want to dig into a little bit of what was the like aha moment for you that said, okay, we actually as a team now, we need to focus on this. Like what were some of the indicators that led you to go down this path? Yeah. So, um, for us, uh, the, the main, uh, we, we did wrong two things. So, the one is that we didn't invest in, uh, in customer success early on. Um, and the other thing is that we didn't need um, activation uh, as much um, as we needed. And why I'm telling that is that, so in Varlips, we have different templates. So different campaign templates. Uh, so imagine that, you know, you can ex- extrapolate that in, a, in another tool that you have multiple options, right? So different businesses uh, have different options uh, in your tool. And we identified that uh, a lot of our customers that uh, were canceling, the reason was not that they didn't get what they expected from our tool because the tool didn't do the, the job right. But the reason is that they have chosen the wrong template. So they were using our tool not uh, in a proper way that can help their business. Um, and if you don't have, uh, you know, so, so there you have two options to do the reactive job, which is the customer success. I mean, the, the bad customer success approach. Um, and you can do also the proactive, uh, job, which means that you have to nail activation and include in your customer success, uh, let's say job role that you need to onboard also customers. Um, so for us, the trigger was that we saw that churn and we identified that uh, this churn was coming from people that they didn't use our platform um, as they should. So that was, you know, yeah. the the main trigger. Very, very interesting. And just to make it a little bit even more actionable, like how did you figure out this out as well? Like what sort of process did you go into uh, to understand that this was the main reason? So looking, was it looking at qualitative metrics? Did you speak to customers? Like what led you to this conclusion that people were churning because they hadn't set up the right uh, campaign? Yeah. So uh, in action, what we do, we have uh, a spreadsheet. Um, So each month uh, we can see uh, all uh, the customers that canceled their subscription uh, what business they are into, for example, if they're e-commerce, if they're a publisher, a blog, a software service company, we can see also which campaign uh, template they chose, uh, the performance also. So we have some benchmarks uh, that we say, for example, that if they have a, a viral factor above that, uh, uh, let's say, number, uh, it's a successful campaign, so they should see the value of the, of the platform. And then we have the reason uh, of cancelling. Um, so we took these spreads and we have that, uh, updated, uh, on a weekly basis in, in that spreadsheet. So it's a combination of quantitative data, uh, with qualitative. Uh, and then we digged into these metrics and we saw that a lot of customers that they were churning, uh, for example, e-commerce, they were using, uh, their own, uh, campaign templates. So 
this is how we did it uh, in action through a spreadsheet. So what people can do is that, for example, if they're using uh, a tool like Chartmogul or Bear Metrics or something else to track uh, churn, uh, they can export this data and also um, combine qualitative data uh, through a survey or if they ask them when somebody cancels. And then uh, they can see what happens. So this is the, the exact process that we, we followed. Very interesting. And your exit survey, is it something that's built into the process of the business, into the app, or it's something that you follow up uh, with customers afterwards? Yeah, it's something that uh, people can uh, fill in uh, during the cancellation process. Uh, because when we did that um, and we asked people after uh, they have cancelled, they didn't bother uh, to answer us. Because, you know, they, they just turn so they don't care uh, a week later uh, to tell you why. Only if they're really good people or uh, if there are people from our own industry that, you know, want to help us. So I would recommend to ask that during the, the cancellation process, definitely. Cool. Um, yeah, so you, you mentioned that now that, okay, you came to the high moment, you needed to set up a custom success team. Um, what then was like the motivations and reasons for you to actually start uh, hiring and then actually start with calls themselves by trying to set up calls as your primary uh, focus to begin with? Yeah, we wanted to understand, um, you know, why people uh, were using our platform uh, the wrong way. Um, and, you know, I believe that you can see all the quantitative data, but especially when you're in early stage, um, you need to talk to people uh, as much as you can because it's the only way to understand uh, what's going wrong. Uh, so what, what I, I even did, uh, I traveled personally to Los Angeles because uh, we have one, of the fastest growing agencies, marketing agencies there that use Rylips across all of their customers. And I sat down with, um, uh, with their head of, uh, of campaigns and saw how, uh, they use our platform with their customers. So I think, you know, I, I don't know if, if this is the best way, but for us, uh, I think it works because we understand better how people use, uh, use, use your product. Uh, I also know, for example, another big company in the Netherlands. Uh, that they have um, um, a Slack group with uh, the 50 best customers. Uh, and they ask them all the time, they take feedback, um, and they actually try to understand how people and how these customers actually use their product. Yeah, sort of like a customer advisory board. I think First Round Capital had a really great blog post on the topic of having a really good close-knit group of customers that you can always lean on and rely for feedback. Uh, mm-hmm. so you, you mentioned then, um, you decided to do your first hire in, uh, CS, uh, what was sort of your process around there? Like, how did you define what you were really looking for and what success would look like in this role being that you're still at an early stage, you just realized now you needed customer success. How did you go about, uh, writing that job role and finding the candidate? Yeah. So, uh, we were a bit, um, Lucky, let's say, on that side, because that was the, the early days. Um, so what we did is that the, we had one person in, in customer support, uh, and uh, we have hired them from um, from another company. Uh, so 
Uh, actually, it's uh, Elena, and she was running support. So what we decided to do back then is that we decided to move her to customer success and then uh, take somebody else for, for, for the customer support. So we hired the junior people, a uh, uh, junior person to, to run customer support, and Helena uh, started running customer success. Well, it's a very interesting transition as well. And I guess it probably helped a lot speed up the process and uh, not having to deal with the knowledge gap and teaching somebody new how to how the product works and what success looks like. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I cut you there. Yeah, so, yeah, I, um, another interesting experiment came to my mind. Uh, so... Because uh, this uh, had a huge impact on our uh, lifetime value um, and, of course, our retention. So something else uh, that uh, we're a bit late, and I would recommend to do that since the, you know, the first day, is that we didn't have any annual plans in the beginning. Uh, because we assume that nobody is going to buy them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so when we started, we didn't have them. Um, and when we decided to add our annual plans uh you know we thought okay let's do what most of the companies do out there uh and add a discount but if you think about it everybody does it and i think that people want more and especially in our case uh one of the main lessons learned uh during uh the three years that uh Barloops, uh runs is that we're a marketing platform uh, okay, we, we're we're specialized in referral marketing, but we're in the marketing space, and people they don't they they don't need just a platform, but they need all the marketing expertise from us. Um, so what we're trying to do is that we're trying to put all the marketing expertise into the platform, for example. And when we added the annual plans, uh, in the beginning we we added the discount, twenty percent, twenty five percent. We we experimented a bit with with the discounts. Uh, it worked, it worked well. But what worked much much better is that when we added uh, the strategy call, the strategy session, and the co- and the marketing coaching, as we call it. So we uh, what we do actually is that whenever somebody subscribes to an annual plan. Uh, we help them uh, on board actually to Varloops, but not just from a technical side of view, uh, but we give them uh, an initial strategy call to help them, you know, set up and choose the right template. And we give them marketing consulting in general around word of mouth referrals and even their, their business in general, uh, because we're coming from the marketing uh, space. And then we have on a specific um Time frame, we have more calls, uh, we track, uh, their performance and then we coach them actually on how to leverage the, our platform and also, uh, leverage our platform related to the other marketing campaigns and the other marketing tools that they use. So actually a bit of something like services help them actually, you know, help us, uh, convert more people to our annual plans. Very interesting. And so this is, you removed discounts, you uh, switched to offering more of a service base as well on top of the added benefits. Uh, what sort of uh, conversion rates were you seeing before and after uh, with these experiments? And if you don't mind, what uh, is your breakdown to look like today, annual versus monthly? Yeah, so um, so at the moment, uh, the breakdown is that 
almost, uh, let's say, the last three months, um, around, I think, um, 20%, 25%, basically. Uh, so before before the, uh, the coaching and the strategy calls, uh, we had just 10%, uh, 10 to 15% that uh, they were going to annual plans. Uh, but now it's around uh, 25%. Because at wow. the moment we have the disc- we have the discount, but we also have the, the strategy calls, and we also have uh, an expansion mechanism. Um, so one of the main focuses of uh, for customers that stay after three months uh, is not just to keep them, but to turn them uh, into an annual plan or a six month plan. So we even have a six month plan. Um, you know that we yeah. We, and how are you setting that up then as well? So for existing customers, sign up monthly. What does the process, typical process look like then for that expansion or that upsell to try and get them to yearly? So the first thing is that uh, we need to make sure that, you know, we, we also have another, let's say, um, a main characteristic, characteristic as a platform. So some of our campaign templates uh, have a pose, let's say, um, behavior so because we also have some giveaways that people can run we don't have just the ambassador programs and the referral programs and that means that some people may choose uh let's say giveaway they can run it for two or three months and then they may cancel their subscription even if they're happy with the product so for for the expansions uh we do two things uh we focus uh on those that use the long term campaigns, as we call them, like referral marketing campaigns, uh, you know, Dropbox style, Airbnb style, and this kind of stuff. Uh, when they, uh, we ensure that they are happy with the platform and they are successful. So we, we try first to make them successful. And then uh, what we do is that we have, um, we send them an email, a uh, personal email from a customer success. Uh, so we have a specific segment actually in Intercom. And whenever somebody uh, has some specific, meets some specific criteria. Uh, so we want to meet both these criteria. I mean, happiness and success. Uh, so this is when we trigger the expansion, uh, the expansion flow. Uh, and, uh, for people that use our platform for, let's say, short term campaigns like giveaways, we don't focus on, on actually upselling them, um, a longer, uh, plan like a six month or a, a yearly. But what we do is that we try to upsell them uh, to a more long-term template, like referral programs, and then they get into the flow for a multi-month expansion. Interesting. Uh, I like the, the fact that you've combined like the usage and satisfaction. Like, can you talk us through a little bit about how you setting that up and how you measuring uh, the satisfaction? Then, so you mentioned previously, like the uh, viral K factor uh, comes into consideration. Uh, do you want to walk us through that a little bit and how that looks on your side? Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, for us, uh, especially the the satisfaction, um, we measure it uh, not very sophisticated, uh, at least for for the for the last six months. But now we're we're doing a bit of a revamp. So what we do is that uh, all of our, the first thing that we we look is how much time. Uh, it took them to launch Viraloops. Um, and we can do that uh, from uh, the activation actually timeframe. 
So for us, when uh, a customer gets a campaign live, that means he's an activated customer, even if he hasn't paid uh, yet. So that's the first thing. So how much time uh, it took them. The second thing is that we look into the intercom conversations. For example, if they if they are happy, if they rated us that they're not happy, so because you you have uh, you know uh, an intercom this option, uh, yeah. and basically uh, what we do. So this is we just do these two th- measure these two things for happiness, and I'll tell you what we're doing uh, next. And for satisfaction, we have uh, some internal uh, KPIs. So for example. We have specific benchmarks for e-commerce, for software service businesses, and for blogs. And depending on the number of subscribers or customers or sales that we get to you, uh, on top of your, uh, let's say, current marketing campaigns. Uh, so we measure also the K factor. And this is basically how more, how much value, let's say, we give, we give to our customers on top. And when people meet this, uh, quantitative criteria, which is the success, then what happens is uh, they get into the segment and before sending an email, our customer success person uh, takes a look on the conversation to see if these customers are happy or not. Um, and then depending um, on, on this qualitative data, what we do is that we, uh, we just send an email directly for expanding the customer. Or if we're not sure if they're happy yet, uh, we just send them, uh, send them an email asking uh, if they're happy with the service, uh, what else we can do for them. And if, they're, you know, if uh, the conversation starts and they're happy, then we push them uh, for expansion. So we don't do very, let's say, hard sell for expanding our, our customers because we, we want first to, to make sure that they're happy and, and successful. Yeah, it's excellent. And I also like the combination of the automation as well as the hands-on touch from the CS. Uh, very interesting. And so this then uh, has been, uh, from the sounds of it, super successful for you guys on the yearly side. Was there anything else that you tried or experimented uh, with uh, to increase it, or this has been the majority of those actions, experiments run around it? Yeah, so... And my question is, is anything you tried? Is anything you tried that didn't work? Yeah, so something that didn't work and we stopped it was uh, webinars. So before starting the the coaching and the one-on-one calls, uh, you know, again we thought it were a self-service product, uh, and we we know from other companies that webinars work for them, not just for user acquisition but also for retaining the customers. Um, and despite the fact that we have a quite a big of email list, uh, we have, you know, a decent amount of traffic on our website, uh, 3000 websites run, uh, on Varaloop. So we have an audience and customers, uh, only very, very few people were showing up, uh, in the webinar. Maybe it was that we didn't, you know, invested a lot. So we were doing one live webinar, uh, every week. Then we do it. We did it, uh, on a bi-weekly basis. But for us, uh, it didn't work. So we didn't uh, see any results and we decided to kill it. And by saying it didn't work, like, can you be a little bit specific? What sort of numbers were you seeing? Yeah, so we actually, we couldn't measure the actual customers that were watching uh, the webinar. Because, for example, you may see that uh, we were doing that through Zoom. uh, And... We were, let's say, we had around 30 or 40 people joining the webinar. And then we were, we had, let's say, I don't know, maybe 
1,000 views on Facebook Live because we were uh, do, we were doing a live stream directly, uh, but we couldn't measure actually how many customers watch uh, this webinar and if we help the actual customers, you know, that we have um, because the numbers were too too small. Especially from Facebook Live, we didn't know uh, anything. Um, so we decided, okay, we 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 thought, okay, let's let's you know give them uh, and one and one-on-one call if they want to. Uh, because, for example, for us, the webinar is something that takes too much time uh, to record it, to be there for an hour, uh, to promote it. So it's, it wasn't something that worked for us. So that saved time. So you decided then to ditch webinars uh, and switch focus again. Like, Did that purely go back into what we discussed previously, or was anything else that you tried and experimented with over and above webinars? Yeah, so we yeah we we stopped with it, with uh, the webinar. Uh, uh, something else, for example, that uh, we did afterwards, and again, it didn't work. Uh, so we we've done a lot of things that didn't work. <laughs> uh, yeah, so something else that we did, uh, we experimented a lot with uh, taking feedback, and we still do actually. Uh, and I think that you know one of the main. Uh, things that we have decided is that we will do that forever uh, to try actually to take as much actionable feedback uh, as we can. So what we did is that uh, we're doing a lot of, we were sending uh, quite a few of surveys uh, after somebody was not happy with the product or um, for example, after uh, they canceled their subscription uh, and we had a big survey. Uh, so it was quite long we were asking a lot of questions and we were also giving uh, a $25 Amazon gift card. Uh, and from that, we didn't see any, any results. Um, so then uh, what we did, as, as I mentioned in the beginning, we put the, the feedback uh, into the product. I mean, during the cancellation process. And... So, so we killed we, we killed this survey, this long survey. Um, and something else that, that works is that we we prefer actually to ask people uh, also when they when they upgrade uh, or when they run a campaign. Uh, so we, we use let's say short and dynamic surveys uh, based uh, based on specific triggers. So based, for example, on the, on the viral factor that they have or uh, if they had a bad conversation with our support. And we try actually to measure, uh, to quantify actually the feedback and see and identify triggers for churn. Um, so surveys for us, it's uh, another thing that we do a lot of, uh, a lot of testing. Very cool. Um, so I want to just take a step back then again uh, now quickly and zoom out and look at viral loops a little bit from the outside and just get some input from you as well. Uh, so maybe we could just start off like, what is the elevator pitch for viral loops? I mean, you've touched on it a bit during uh, the last half an hour, but maybe you just want to let the audience know exactly what you do and the service that you offer. Mm-hmm. Sure thing. Yeah. So uh, in viral loops, we help uh, e-commerce businesses uh, and uh, small businesses, medium businesses and startups uh, capture more customers through referral marketing and word of mouth sales. 
so uh, we offer actually uh, predefined uh, campaign templates inspired by companies like Dropbox, Airbnb, Harris, uh, Robinhood, and others um, that uh, companies can use uh, uh, to grow their business. So we help you with lead generation, uh, growing your email list, getting new customers from referrals, and uh, at the moment also uh, we're hopping into the Facebook Messenger um, platform. So people, because you know, a lot of people uh, get uh, Messenger subscribers. So we, you can run actually the viral loops campaigns uh, through Facebook Messenger bots. So this is what we do. Um, and we, we, we focus at the moment on, on the e-commerce, uh, section. Okay, cool. Uh, and you mentioned that, uh, the team and the company has been around for three years now. Uh, how big is the team? Where are you guys based? Uh, just a little bit about the numbers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, we started, uh, almost three years ago. Uh, in February of uh, 2016, uh, we were for the first six months in private beta and then launched publicly. At the moment, we're 20 people. Uh, we are a remote-friendly company. Uh, most of our uh, product and engineering is based in Greece, and we also have our marketing and sales uh, in the U.S. And basically, you know, people uh, work from uh, their home. We have also an office. Uh, in Athens, uh, but a lot of uh, people from our team works remotely. Very cool. Uh, and you touched a little bit on, I think, the sites uh, and how many customers you had earlier, but maybe you just want to talk us through a little bit about where you are in, in your growth stage now as a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So uh, at the moment, we have uh, 700 uh, customers uh, that Use viral loops uh, across uh, 3,000 uh, websites. Maybe it's uh, 3,500. Uh, we grow quite fast for the, for the last year. So we struggled a bit when we started the really early stage and the early days. Um, and at the moment, uh, we're focusing on e-commerce uh, and especially on Shopify stores. So we're launching, we just launched a new, uh, a new not campaign template, basically, a new site product for um, for Shopify, which is basically um, a more, let's say, opinionated uh, way of running word-of-mouth campaigns for, for your e-commerce store. Awesome. Congrats. Um, yeah, so, and then uh, well, you want to talk us a little bit about internally and specifically with churn and retention uh, how do you go about tackling churn and retention as a company? So we touched just a little bit briefly on the CS strategies, but I'm talking a little bit more from a high level. Uh, looking at reporting, is there a specific team responsible for the metrics for churn, for retention? Is it something that's owned by everyone? Uh, maybe you want to talk about how you go as a company uh, to tackling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so we're not uh, a very big team, Um so how we work is that we have um, a growth team um, and uh, the focus that the growth team has changes from uh, time to time. Uh, so because we tried, when we tried in the beginning to do a lot of things in parallel and hit uh, several steps of the funnel, like activation, acquisition, retention, <laughs> excuse me, uh, it didn't work well with it for us. 
So what we did, what we do actually, uh, is that, uh, customer success and customer support, uh, focus on customer retention. So the cape, we have some lagging, uh, and some leading indicators. So for us, user churn and especially revenue churn is, uh, what we focus on. Uh, and this is the lagging metric because we know that this takes time, uh, you know, to have a direct impact. And then we have a model, uh, that breaks down, um, these KPIs and we have the leading indicators, uh, that we measure the customer success, for example, for, uh, from expansion, uh, how many bugs we found, because we know that the main, you know, the main thing that affects retention is, uh, the quality of our product. Um, so customer success and support always, uh, focus on, on, on retention and churn. And, and then when we're talking about the growth team, what we do, uh, is that, uh, for around three months, uh, we focused on activation and uh, we, which is actually directly connected to the retention, to the short term retention. Uh, because we had the issue, as I mentioned before, that people were using our platform the wrong way, basically. Uh, so we focused on activation in order and the first time user experience in order to tackle, uh, retention. So actually we, we redesigned the whole onboarding. And I think for us, something, another interesting, uh, learning, uh, that I can add to that is that when we tried to do marginal improvements, uh, in our onboarding, we didn't see any, uh, big impact. Uh, so we redesigned the whole onboarding process when we worked on the activation, uh, stage of the funnel and we saw a big increase, uh, on the short term retention, which basically, you know, brought the whole retention curve, uh, up. Um, experiment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and from uh, from a reporting side of view, as I mentioned, we have the lagging and the leading metrics. Uh, growth team uh, reports on a weekly basis uh, on uh, the customer churn together with the success. And what we're doing at the moment in order to tackle, uh, let's say, churn from a higher level is that we try actually to align all uh, departments, which I believe it's something really important. So, um, in the beginning as a, as a top of funnel team, uh, one of their main KPIs of the team was the, the signups, the free trials. Uh, but then, and, and, and then for example, for the sales team was okay to, to bring big customers. Uh, and then for the success team to expand them, to keep them and, you know, uh, all the rest. So in order to connect, all of these, um, functions and make and align them to, to tackling retention and churn. What we did is that, for example, we started measuring, uh, the top of funnel team on activated signups and high quality signups. Uh, so we have a qualification system, uh, process and system when somebody signs up. So that's the one thing that we did, uh, with, uh, the tofu team. Now with the sales team, uh, is that we connected their uh, quarterly targets only with multi-month customers. So if, for example, they bring on board uh, a customer that pays for one month, we don't uh, count it uh, in their targets. So they focus only on getting multi-month uh, customers. Uh, and then success uh, takes all of these people, you know, in order to expand them. So it's easier also for customer success and, and the customer onboarding specialist actually uh, to keep these customers and upsell them. Um, so this is 
you know, how, how we try to connect the whole business, uh, all the business parts uh, um, related to, to retention. Very nice. So you, everyone, each team has their own individual goals, but it's all to beat the company's ultimate goal of retaining customers for longer. Um, yeah, exactly. Maybe you, you touched a little bit about on that you look at churn uh, from a customer retention perspective and from a revenue potential. Uh, maybe you want to walk us through what that looks like at the moment for you uh, and before and after the experimentation that we've discussed today. Yeah, so uh, what we're trying to do at the moment, uh, because as I mentioned, we especially in the beginning, we were a post SaaS, so a lot of our customers were using the platform for just uh, three or four months. Uh, and then they were posing and then they were reactivating, let's say after two or three months. But as you can imagine, this, this affects growth a lot. Uh, and, and we still uh, count it as a churn. Um, so in the beginning, we had a very high revenue churn uh, and a lower user churn. Uh, so one of the, of the main goals that we had is, okay, how we can keep them to the same level. Uh, actually, how we can decrease. Still, revenue churn is, uh, is higher uh, than user churn uh, for us. Uh, but, you know, the, now the difference is, is much lower um, because we focused for quite a few months on user churn. Uh, but that didn't seem to work very well for revenue churn which basically affects, you know, the whole uh, growth curve of, of, of your business. Because for us, the North Star metric, as for almost every SaaS, is uh, the MRR that we, that we hit every month, right? Uh, yeah, so pretty much that's, that's it right now. And we focus more on revenue churn. So, for example, for higher value customers, you know, uh, we try to, to avoid churn. And when you say revenue churn, are you talking about gross or are you looking at net MRR? No, for, for, at the moment we look at gross. All right. So because but for net like, negative. Yeah. Well, I mean, interesting. You mentioned as well that you're a pause uh, SaaS, meaning like you have a lot, you see a lot of people pausing and then reactivating. Um, so I wondered if potentially maybe you're looking at net MRR as a result of considered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's something that we're looking at all the time to, to improve it. Uh, and actually is uh, our main focus for, I think that we'll work on that part forever, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but at the moment, we're, we're focusing a lot, so the, the whole company. And something else that I wanted to add, so if, if, if there is a company that has uh, a sales team, so for us, we have an inbound sales team. We don't do any outbound because we have a very good top of funnel traffic and we need to convert these people. Uh, so our sales team just uh, talks to activated trial trialists or to people that are high quality. So uh, something that helps a lot to make sure that your sales, because you know, if, if, you, if, you, if we had our targets, uh, the, the sales targets uh, for our sales people to just hit MRR, for example, they could go for a customer, ask him to pay, 300 or $500 a month. And then after two months, uh, we could lose him. Right. Uh, but we, when we did the shift and focused on, uh, just the multi-month, they didn't, they realized that, okay, I need to bring big, big customers to hit my target, but I also need to bring good customers, not just a customer that wants to run a giveaway, for example, for a month. Uh, 
So for us, this is something that had a, a big impact on the revenue churn on how we decrease revenue churn. Very nice. I like that you give that that focus. Uh, and I think with that, uh, Savas, uh, thank you very, very much for joining us today. It's really been interesting hearing uh, what you've tried from customer success to experimenting uh, with your yearly plans and how the team operates. Um, wish you best of luck going forward and hope to hear uh, from you in the future of how you've tackled churn and uh, increasing retention for your business. Thanks for joining. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, it was amazing. And uh, I, ca- I can't wait actually to listen to the other uh, podcast uh, episodes because I want to, you know, to learn quite a few things about it. Uh, so I think it, it will be it's an amazing series. Um, so I can't wait for, for the next ones. Perfect. Thanks, Eva. Have a great day. You too. Bye, man. And that's a wrap for the show today with me, Andrew Michael. I really hope you enjoyed it and you're able to pull out something valuable for your business. To keep up to date with Churn.fm and be notified about new episodes, blog posts, and more, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting churn.fm. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have any feedback, good or bad, I would love to hear from you. And you can provide your blunt, direct feedback by sending it to andrew at churn.fm. Lastly, but most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it and leave a review as it really helps get the word out and grow the community. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.